Hey everybody, welcome back to the ReCenter podcast. Uh, my name is Zach. I am the community pastor here at Center Church. And this podcast has always been and will continue to be a place that our church gets to have conversations around uh, what we're talking about in the sermon on Sunday or, or topics that are coming up in culture. And we've been in a Shalom series at church talking about uh, how God wants this wholeness, this peace, this Shalom. He wants us to enter into it. He invites us into it. It's a gift we have if we will live by his ways, if we'll take on his yoke, if we'll trust him and obey him. And so we had uh, talked about Sabbath and talked about resting. Um, we had talked about building our lives according to the Lord. Um, and, and there's a tension that comes up in this culture of like, well, I work, you know, 60 hours a week. When am I supposed to rest? Especially I work and I have kids who are in sports. And like, we wanted to talk about the tension and say, yeah, it's going to be very difficult. It's going to have to be set aside, um, but it is doable and it is worth it. And so we thought, what better way to talk through that uh, than to have somebody who has gone completely through career, has followed Jesus through it, uh, has advanced a lot in career. and, and and now on the other side, hopefully giving us some wisdom of things that they've learned. And uh, that person is Ken Schutte. Uh, I don't know if you guys know Ken Schutte, but he's amazing. Uh, he's doing things around the church all the time to serve us and love us well. Uh, and just getting to know Ken, I've come to see his generous heart, his kind heart. Uh, he's always giving and serving. And so we thought we would invite Ken in to hear his story and uh, to ask him how he balanced resting and working well as he led a family. So Ken, tell us a little bit about yourself uh, currently. Sure, uh, Zach. Thank you for that uh, intro. I enjoy serving, and it's uh, it's from the heart. Um, I grew up on a dairy farm, and uh, as did my wife. And so, uh, hard work was just a part of growing up. Uh, but Carla and I both realized when we uh, got together that uh, our families never took family vacation. Uh, work was 365 days a year. And so when we got married, we made a, made a pact that we were going to find time for vacation. And uh, from the first year that we were married, we found a fishing cabin in northern Wisconsin. Uh, you got to remember, that's pre-internet, so you had to do your searching in a lot <laughs> of different ways. And, uh, and, and we just enjoyed that time away. Um, it became something we looked forward to. So... Uh, Along come kids, and life is complicated. Yeah. And I'm moving up in my career. Carla's a registered nurse, and uh, uh, she's working for a doctor in a private practice, and so she is the only nurse uh, employee. So to take time off during her day was impossible as well. Yeah. Uh, but we, uh, we looked for it. We uh, tried to make it special. Um, but that was vacation. That yeah. was once a year. That wasn't um, everyday week work or everyday uh, activities. And that became a challenge. Yeah. Uh, there, there was no doubt about it. It uh, uh, became uh, something that uh, maybe I would miss an event or she would miss an event. Um, one of us would try to get the, the kids to either dance or to uh, uh, whatever they were involved in. And... Uh, it became stressful. Yeah. There's, there's no doubt about it. Yeah, it's uh, the season of life. You're not in that season anymore, though, right? You and Carla? No. Right now. Uh, w now we have, uh, our kids are grown. We have grandkids. So now we have the option of participating. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, and it helps us to reflect, but it also helps us look at our kids and how they're spending their time and carving out time. Yeah. Yeah, and I think the natural thing to do, you, you said you grew up as a hardworking 
um, young man on a dairy farm, and Carla likewise. Uh, that wasn't in Harvard, Illinois, was it? Uh, no. Okay. Uh, I was up by Baraboo, Wisconsin, and okay. she, she was in Cedar Rapids. Iowa. All right. I guess Wisconsin does yeah. cows too. Um, but like the idea of hard work is a, it's a American value, you know? And I think it's kind of like in our worldview from the very beginning that if we dream it, we can do it. If we work hard, we can make it. And, and that's a good value to have. And I think where that rubs in American culture and in American Christianity specifically is that we are both Christians and Americans, and Jesus tells us that we should rest. And sometimes I think we can, we can not do that well. Like we, we cannot rest well. I picked up a couple books on uh, the theology of work recently because I'm trying to prep that for the rhythms of life, and I had a hard time finding anything in the theology of work, the theology of rest, and like those are two sides of the same coin, right? Like six days mm-hmm. you work, and the seventh's kept holy uh, and set apart and blessed as the Sabbath. So that's one th- tension that I want to talk about is like. Growing up in church, do you feel like it was talked about that we should rest, that we should set aside time to just be still with the Lord, to to put aside work, to rest and be with Him and trust in Him? Yeah, you know, hearing it from the pulpit, hearing it from uh, the front of the church is is one thing. Uh, incorporating it into your life is way more difficult. Oh yeah, and uh, yeah, we were told that uh, there is a day of rest. Uh, typically, that would be Sunday, and uh, you know. Events didn't happen on Sunday other than picnics. Yeah. And so it was a different time in life. Yeah. So it's not like that anymore. It's not like that. <laughs> and and when we raised our kids, uh, it was starting to change. Yeah. And you learn to change with it or you buck the system and, yeah. and say, no, we're not going to do that on Sunday. But we would find other days yeah. for days of rest as yeah. well. Yeah. And that's learning. I think that's the the learning tension that at least I've been wrestling with and processing with people of like, it may not be Sunday that you have a time to rest. Like you may have to find in your schedule when that will work with your current commitments and responsibilities. You may also have to say, like you said, buck the system and say no to some things in order to prepare, prepare space to be able to rest. And so uh, what is, so we're going to talk about your career, working through your career and you've walked now um, from young childhood to adult children. You've walked the tension of following Jesus pursuing career, raising children. And I just kind of want to ask you for wisdom looking back on like, in in light of this idea of resting more and spending more time together, modeling for your kids what it looks like to rest and trust in the Lord. Uh, how did you guys do that? How did you do it well? How do you wish you would have done it different? Um, and, and how can you help our families and young individuals listening now uh, to really, you know, learn from your life and learn, hear the wisdom from your life that we can also walk into in our careers and, and rest together? You know, you, you talk about modeling uh, this for your kids. Uh, one one thing that Carla and I did early on, because we had a pastor that mentored me in a men's group, and that was having a date night, having a night set aside just for your spouse. Yeah. Find a babysitter. Uh, do what you need to just go out, whether it's if you can't afford dinner, go out and go for a drive. Right. And have a cup of coffee. And that was uh, intoned in our marriage from early on. So were we every week? No. Uh, we tried to do it when we could. And uh, it, our kids saw that. Yeah. And as they became adults and married, uh, on an occasion, they would mention to us, uh, we remember when you and mom went out on a date and you got a babysitter. Yeah. And they would tell us, we really liked that. Yeah. We liked having fun with somebody else. Yeah. And uh, it was different in the house. Whereas... As parents, we think, oh, gosh, put that guilt trip on me. We're Can't leaving leave, our yeah. kids alone with yeah. a babysitter again. Right. And uh, t- 
only to realize that uh, they enjoyed the fact that we got to go out. But, yeah. But we didn't hear that until they were in their 30s, and they were adults with their own kids and reflecting back on their life. Right, and I think the tension of we can hear that and say, yeah, I'd like a date night if we're married, or um, I'd like a night off if we're not married. And like that doesn't just happen, right? You have to be intentional. Like You guys probably had that on – you had to plan that in. You had to put it, it on the calendar. It didn't just accidentally fall into place. No, we, we live by a calendar, and yeah, we had to write on it. It wasn't in our phones. And uh, <laughs> uh, with that, then uh, that was respected. Yeah. We, we would maybe look three, two or three weeks out. It, right rarely did it work if we were spontaneous yeah. because too many f- moving balls right. uh, were in the mix and it, it became complicated then. And so we planned for it. And and if we couldn't do every Friday night, we tried to pick, can we do two nights yeah. a month Yeah. Yep. and try to search for that. But it was the regular practice of doing that. So that's one thing that you'd say would be creating space. If you're, you know, if you're married, this works. The date night thing needs to happen where you spend time alone. But what you're really modeling is like prioritizing the things in your life like for you, it was the relationship with Carla and getting out and spending time with her, just her, getting to know her, asking her questions. And the consistency of that over how many years of marriage, mm-hmm. you know, has borne some amazing fruit, you know. And and early on, we, we kind of kidded each other um, at, at the end of the day or at, at that quiet time. What did you learn? Yeah. What did you learn this week? What did you learn today? Yeah. And we challenge each other with, with that as a starting question of uh, communicating. Yeah, yeah. That's good. That's good. So um, what was your career? So after dairy farming as a young lad, where does I, that take you? I came to DeVry to uh, get caught up in the electronics world. Okay. That, that was new back in the 70s. And uh, and so I came to DeVry and uh, went through tech college, uh, got a job at a hospital, state-of-the-art, brand-new hospital, St. Mary of Nazareth on Division Street, and learned all this new electronic stuff. And then... Uh, after a few years, uh, went to Sergeant Lundy Engineers and learned about nuclear power plants and all the stuff involved in controlling them. Yeah. And my third stop was uh, where I spent 34 years at Groeschel Engineering and enjoyed the camaraderie of fellowship in a smaller company. Yeah. And uh, rose to a executive uh, VP and uh, enjoyed that ride. Yeah. Uh, through that a lot of responsibilities. Right, yes. Yeah. Executive VP sounds sounds responsibility heavy. <laughs> it was enjoyable though. I good. I got to call the shots. Good, 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 good. And so what did that require? I'm thinking um of the person who is a career person, career minded and they're trying to think how can I create rhythms in my life as we're talking about that are going to promote shalom like by resting well, uh, like you said, getting away for date nights, all these great things that we know we should do as followers of Jesus that he's modeled that we we value these relationships over maybe career. How did you work that tension of like, okay, I'm the executive VP, the buck stops here. Like if anyone's responsible, it's me. If anyone's got to be there, it's got to be me. Yet I also know I have all, all these other priorities. Uh, is there any wisdom in how, how do we navigate those two things? How, which... Which trumps which, and how do we do that? That's that's a good question, Zach, because uh, I'm not going to be Pollyanna and say it always worked. Right. It did not. Yeah. There were vacations where I had the laptop. We're in a mountain retreat. I had the laptop out on the dining room table, and I'm doing work and getting a bid in and, and coordinating with somebody across the country uh, and trying to wrap that up by 10 o'clock so yeah. we can go out and do some vacation. Right. And uh, it, it was a struggle it, because you can't just turn it off. Yeah. It, it doesn't work. Right. And uh, 
so, so making the, uh, the sacrifice once in a while to tell the person, look, I'm on vacation. Give me a give me a few hours yeah. to to have some family time and let me get back to you this evening yeah. when we're all settled in. Yep. And so it it is taking the initiative to just basically being responsible to the person you're talking to and saying, "Hey, cut me some slack here." Right. Uh, but then there are times that no, that did not work. Yeah. Uh, I did a lot of work for the federal government, and uh, huh. uh, the the deadline is the deadline. Right. Uh, there is no forgiving. Yeah. And so there's no vacation. It, it it was a struggle, uh, yeah. no doubt about it. Um, but then you make the most of what you can. Right. And uh, having an understanding wife that uh, uh, cut me some slack. Yeah. Uh, in that as well. But uh, that's good. Yeah. So so I guess so having not been ever in the corporate world, sometimes it's kind of like um, when I talk to my wife about like anxiety and things like that that she sometimes tries to explain to me that I don't fully understand. Um, I have a hard time grasping what it's really like. And I think this is similar where like, I've never worked in the corporate world. I've never worked in, um, an executive role anywhere. And I know that we have people at our church that are in both of those things. Uh, people in our church who are trying to figure out how to rest and have healthy rhythms around the life that Jesus models of a slower pace, but that doesn't, that butts up against, like you said, the demands of a corporate executive role or um, a high up executive role or any, any role that demands a lot of your time. And so the tension of, um, I heard you say that while you were on vacation, there were times that you had to like respond to email or do something, but you were still taking vacations. Like you weren't canceling vacations for work. You weren't not going on vacation for work. Correct. Right? Correct. Because uh, with remote work today, uh, that became possible. Right. Yeah. And um, so, so you would juggle the, the day, the schedule throughout the day. Um, we would make the most of it. We yeah. would, we would make it work. Yeah. And, uh, but what was heavy on my shoulder at the time is it's not just my livelihood, right? but it's the 20 people that work for Correct. me and their families Correct. that yeah. are depending on me to do my job. Yep. Yeah. That's a, it's a, it's a real tension. Um, it's a real, again, I, it's foreign to me, but I'm trying to just think through, uh, I think our, our culture is moving and maybe you could speak into this. Is it moving to a place where there's more conversations like do business executives ever get vacation like where they're just off or does that never occur? I would say it never occurs. It never occurs. If, if you are a owner of your business, if you are vested in your business, yeah. there is no magical switch that turns it off. Right. Even if you are doing family things. Right. There's the email, the text the, right. where you can respond and not totally interrupt your day, yeah, uh, and and be still do your family things, right? Uh, but uh, I think that the pandemic has given everyone a window okay. of opportunity, yeah. Because I'm learning more now that executives are being more flexible, right? And remote work is defined how you want to define it, yeah. And uh, there could be a window of opportunity, but uh, yeah. I didn't have that when I was working. Yeah, I, the culture changes all the time. Work dynamics change all the time, and so I guess each each person, as a as a follower of Jesus, as an apprentice to Jesus, has to come to him with their career and say, "Hey, here's what I have. Here's what you've placed me in, and I want to honor you and the things you say. And so help me help me to say no to things that are that are absolutely unnecessary. Like you know what I'm saying, like." There are things that you cannot turn off, but I know there are people out there who also 
won't don't want to turn things off. Like career is their is their idol, and so they don't want to turn it off. They want to keep going. And, and it was a struggle. It yeah. was a struggle for me because uh, I'll I'll admit I'll be vulnerable here that um, sometimes I looked at work as my reason to get out of the house. Right. Yeah. And I'm I don't think I'm alone in that. No. I, I, I know that, you're not alone in that. I think that is beca- has become uh, something kind of common. Yeah. And uh, uh, it was uh, it was a weakness for me. Yeah. That, uh, I, sometimes I needed to be removed from the chaos. Yeah. And so, oops, I had to go to work. Yeah. I thank you for your vulnerability, but I think you will find that the people in that crowd are very, very numerous. Um, I do that. I mean, there's times where I just want to get out of work or sorry, get out of the chaos of the house. And I conveniently have a coffee date with someone to go talk through, you know, whatever community groups or, um, and I maybe leave a little early to get to that or something. We all do that. And I think that's where the identity piece is, is really big where like, if we believe the lie that our identity is in our career, like that's who we are, we are our job. Then when our job is like in jeopardy or um, if we're not serving our job, then suddenly who we are is threatened. Like, who am I? I don't, you know. And so I think if we can, if we can start to see ourselves first and foremost as beloved sons and daughters of Jesus, like beloved sons and daughters of God, that's our identity. And then we live from that truth over and against our career. It causes trust. Like we're going to have to trust that he knows what we need, right? So we're going to be faithful to God first, faithful to our, our employer, um, but not at the cost of like our personal rhythms and obedience to Jesus. And that's the tension that we all have to live in when it comes to rest and work is like, I want to work faithfully and diligently. I want to do my best. And I also want to remain faithful to Jesus. And that's where what you just shared is we have to have those honest self-aware conversations where like, is everything I'm not turning off for work to rest actually things that I have to do? Or is it, if I'm honest, is it really just something that I don't want to turn off? Don't want to, you know, or am I playing the game of, if I just gave these 10 more hours, then I would get the promotion that that other guy is battling me for, you know, and so I will sacrifice whatever I need to for the next year and a half to get that promotion. Like those are the real games that I've talked to people that we play in our heads of like, what is truly the wise move here, right? What is truly the right and wise move in this situation when we're thinking about work and rest? And not, I'm not even just talking about like, we have specifically talked about like corporate executives, but like the mother of, you know, three young kids who are in sports and school is also too busy to stop and rest. There's too much on her schedule. There's too much running around and too much to do. And that's real. I've seen it. Like, and so maybe the, I guess what I want to say is it is it is doable to find margin in your schedule to rest, but it is difficult. Like it's doable, but it's difficult. It 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 takes, and I'm by no means am I an expert on parenting. Uh, don't get me wrong there, but it, it takes some time setting limits for your kids. Which one activity do you want to be in in the next three months? Right, and then each child. We had two children. Each child got to pick one activity. Yeah. And then we helped support that. Uh, but we didn't let it get out of control. But that sounds crazy. Like, I guess what I'm saying is like, I just want us to realize that we live by a cultural narrative that we don't even realize. If that sounds crazy to you, that your kid's only going to be in one sport or activity in a year. And Ken's saying that's what they did with their kids. And that's what we do with our kids. And there's, there's other parents who are doing it as well. The question is, why does that sound crazy? You have to stop and say, why does that sound crazy that my kid's not in three traveling sports? Who told me that that's normal to be in three traveling sports? Like, 
and then and then backwards dissect of like the reason we're overbooked and overcommitted is because we're living by someone is telling us that this is normal to do and everyone's doing it and to keep up with them we need to also do that and so i guess what i want our people to realize is that jesus invites us into the gift of rest he wants us to have that peace in trusting in him and ceasing the striving and and that's what we're doing when we th- feel like our kids have to do all these things so that they can keep up with so and so so they can get into that college so that they you know go pro in that sport or whatever whatever narrative we're actually believing, like cease from that and just trust that the Lord already has a plan for your child and you're not doing a disservice to your child to teach them and model for them that we're going to live a well-balanced life that prioritizes uh, rest and margin as a family in community with other Christians and also does sports and stuff, but that's not the priority. Like the priority is this life lived before Jesus in community. Like, because the problem is, I think, in Western Christianity today is we say no to joining a center community group. We say no to meeting with people for coffee because what makes us too busy? The sports or the career or the other things. So if you put them in hierarchy, we have actually placed all these other things above what, what it means to like live in community, to follow Jesus' example, to be a disciple and a, apprentice to him as the priority above everything else. So I love that you're sharing the the tension of that. Like, that like it is not as black and white as just do it, which I can come across as saying that at times, like just do it, because that's how I kind of communicate in like, if Jesus says it, just do it, you know, but it's not that black and white. It is that black and white that we're all called to obey. But I think what I'm learning is there is a nuance in what it looks like for every family in every situation um, based on their career, based on how many children, based on whether or not they're married. If you're a single, you know, you might have time in the world, but you're not, you're not setting that side for being alone with the Lord or for something that is truly uh, uh, soul-nourishing rest, like worship and gratitude and like enjoying time away from screens to just be with him. Like you're not setting that side apart, kind of like the date night. If we don't set that time aside to be together as a family or be together in community or be together with the Lord by ourselves, if we're not setting it on the calendar, it doesn't just happen, right? That is true. And uh, uh, our daughter and her family have... Friday is set aside Friday family day, yeah. fun, fun Friday or whatever they call it. Yeah. And, uh, and that is non-negotiable. Yeah, what un- happens if something un- comes up on Friday? Unless it's non-negotiable unless grandma and grandpa want to be part of the fun. Yes. Yeah, then, it's, then it's let's do something. But There's a clause or a but, loophole. But there. They're, they're, it's not, yeah. you don't transition from just being so busy to not being busy. Right. It, it takes time. But we believe that. I think because I've, as I've talked to people, it's this season. After this season, we'll do it. And you can do after this season for your whole life yeah. and get to the end of raising kids or doing whatever and be like, I always said I was going to get there, but I never got there. So Ken, we are in the tension of, we know that we are called to rest. We know that their life has really good stuff for us, career. Um, family responsibilities, uh, all the extra stuff that the kids do if you have kids, um, social life. There's just so much good stuff that we could do, that we could fill our life with. And yet the, the invitation into rest is part of shalom. And it, to, to ignore it means we live busy, hectic, anxious lives, right? And so how we enter into the rest is kind of where I want to wrap up this. Um, you've done it. You've raised kids. Uh, they're still being raised, probably, you know, or still being they're, cared they're, for. It's in process. Always it's in process. Always in process. Uh, you've you've done the career thing. You're retired from that. 
looking back over your life, um, what would be something that you would encourage our our church family, uh, the younger generations who are now stepping into parenting or are just coming out of college and beginning a career? What is some some practical wisdom that you would share with them when it comes to this this work and this rest balance that Jesus invites us into? I, I think the the biggest lesson that we learned and lived was you can strive for that next raise, you can strive for that next promotion, but the family experience is worth more than buying that bigger house, than buying the next big material thing. We have memories of family vacations that we set our money aside for, and that was a priority. And we maybe didn't buy the next big car or new car, the the next big toy. Uh, And we don't regret it. We look back and say, we had a fun time Mm. with uh, family and the family dynamic. And uh, uh, we we wouldn't change any of that. Yeah. so what we did early in our marriage was uh, we prayed for contentment. Yeah. And and in that, uh, I think God honored that and took away that uh, desire to want to buy more, to, yeah. want to, to want to earn more, to buy more, and, and instead gave us the satisfaction of family time, of doing things together, of uh, yeah. a vacation that we spent our money on so the kids and us, we could all have fun together. Yeah. Um, and not not chase the materialistic thing. Yeah. So I I mean just processing that I think if we can as a as a church family be grateful for what God's given us, the career we have, the house we have, those things and give gratitude towards God for those things, it it will help us not to be striving for the next great thing. Um and like you said find that rare Christian contentment which then will allow us uh to prioritize relationship with God. And and if we're not married, then relationship with our, with our center community. If we are married, relationship with our spouse and our children. If we have kids, wherever you are in life, what I'm hearing Ken say, and, and what I'm going to try and take from this is uh, prioritizing, creating space in your life to engage in relationship, to really be present with the people while you have them. I think you, you talk to people near the end of their life, and the things you know, we know this, we know this to be true. But the things that really matter in life are those people that God's given you to love your relationship with him and what you've done for his kingdom, like how you've lived your life in obedience to him. Nobody looks back and says, if I had just gotten that bigger car, then I could be here in this moment where I'm close to death and be content. In in my career, in the later years when I was at the peak of my career uh, and started doing conferences yeah. and so traveling to these events and so forth, yeah. uh, the most fun I had was starting to talk to someone and work into the conversation so what do you do on the weekends? What, what do you do on Sunday? Yeah. And that was the, the, call it a trick question if you want. Yeah. But depending on the response, gave me a lifelong relationship yeah. with somebody across the country. Right. Because when they said, oh, we go to church or we do this on Sunday with our church, then the conversation enters into a whole new dynamic. Right, yeah. And I thoroughly enjoyed making those relationships to the point now where in retirement I'm reaching out to people that I've known across the country and saying, when can we get together to have coffee? Yeah. Here in the Chicago area, when, hey, I haven't talked to you for, you know, three years. Right. When can we get together for yeah. coffee? It's it's not what do you do for a living. Right. It's what do you do for fun. Yeah. And what I'm also hearing, so I feel like 
you can listen to this podcast and be like, Zach's basically saying that career is separate from your relationship with God and you just need to create margin so that you can rest well with your family. And that's where the, the, the Jesus centric life is. And what you just said is while you're at work, you know, while you're also still in your career, bringing Jesus into both those things, creating healthy margin to spend time just with him, but then also bringing Jesus into work with you into the marketplace, having, having that, uh, ap- apprenticeship to Jesus in the marketplace, in your job as a leader, having integrity and character and serving and loving those around you, like all of that is part of being a follower of Jesus when it comes to work and rest. Um, and, and in that environment, then you realized who are the other Christians that are walking yes, with Christ right. in their business. Yeah. And now you can have a whole different type of uh, discussion right. and conversation. Yep. That's awesome. Well, thank you very much, Ken, for your time. Um, would you just, uh, we have this, when we have guests on the podcast, we have them pray for our church as we move forward, as we become more like Jesus uh, in this area of career, in work, uh, calling, and then also um, in resting. So would you pray over our church? Lord, I just thank you that uh, that Center Church is a place that can be a safe place, that uh, men and women in their careers can uh, look for wisdom, they can uh, seek advice. And, and Lord, as, as our church continues to grow, we just ask that you would uh, partner people in community groups of similar interest and similar, similar uh, journeys in their life, that, um, that we would be a safe place to gather mm. and that it would be something that we'd want to do. And Lord, we just lift that up to you and we honor you in our work and in our rest time. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Thank you guys for listening. Um, we're going to continue this series on Shalom and uh, we're not only going to interview Ken on uh, the career and working in you know a, a career role, but we're also going to interview a mom uh, who is busy and we're going to ask her how she finds rest and how she's been doing it. Uh, someone who's in the trenches currently. So listen in, uh, join us next time as we try and figure out that tension of uh, leaning into Sabbath, leaning into rest with the busyness of, of young kids and uh, lots of schedules and school and all sorts of stuff. Uh, we love you guys. We are continually praying uh, that Jesus is the number one affection of your life and becomes the center of your life. And this podcast is one small way we can keep talking about that. So thanks for listening, and we look forward uh, to you joining us next time. Mm-hmm.